The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. You are listening to The Great Light Podcast, a resource aimed at building up the body of Christ and engaging the lost. This podcast is a production of Great Light Studios. For more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like to support this program and the ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so easily and securely through our website. There, you can also find both video and audio versions of the podcast. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Uh, that's Isaiah 9:2, And the Bible has a lot to say. Um, going back to the very beginning in Genesis, uh, has a lot to say about this concept of the concepts of light and darkness. Um, in Matthew 4, 16, this passage from uh, Isaiah 9, 2 is actually applied to Jesus as the fulfillment of it, where um, it says that basically explains that Christ is, he is the great light um, who brings light to those who are dwelling in darkness. And so <clears throat> this concept of, of light and darkness, I think, has so many very practical um, implications and encouragements within it. Uh, something that I think this this concept, again, of light and darkness is something we are encountering on a daily basis, um, whether we realize it or not. And, and it's, it's, it's influencing us, both light and darkness influence us. It influences whether or not we are in peace or if we are in um, chaos. And so this being really like the first official episode, I thought it'd be fun to go back to uh, the start and the beginning in Genesis 1 and just talk about this concept of light. Um, <clears throat> and uh, also to kind of help explain kind of where the vision and the, 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 yeah, the vision for the name uh, Great Light uh, comes from and kind of what is at the, the root of that. And so uh, Genesis 1, this, this passage that we all know, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So, so Isaiah 9-2, it talks about these people who are dwelling in darkness. And so I think this has uh, spiritual application to all of us at different times. And so what, what does it mean to be sitting in darkness? I think Genesis 1 is giving us a, a, a picture, again, another analogy that we can apply in a spiritual way to ourselves uh, at different times. So um, Isaiah 9-2, the people sitting in darkness have seen a great light. I think to be in darkness means that you are, um, the experience of darkness is, is an experience of things like guilt, uh, shame, fear, uh, to be overcome with temptation or, or the, the battle, the, the struggles that come from inward sinfulness when we're em embracing sin in different ways. Um, it is, is that's, that's to be in darkness. Um, darkness is to experience and be in uh, and to have chaos in the soul. So we look in, in Genesis 1, it says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. So the earth, for some reason, and this, this is something that would take 
many more podcasts to dive into, but um, the implication here, I believe, is that there's something here that's not right. Something isn't the way it's supposed to be. There's there's darkness. The the, the earth is without form. It's void, empty. Um, and so <clears throat> this, this is basically the opposite of the nature of God, the nature of God who um, Paul says that God is not a God of disorder or chaos, but he's a God of order. But here we're seeing disorder. Um, God is God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. But yet here in Genesis 1, we're seeing darkness is covering the earth. And, and what that that's producing, the experience of it, is, is it's formless and void. It's chaos. Um, I think when you look in the uh, some of the original wording, it kind of has that that uh, sort of implications of, of chaos and just that disorder. This, I think, uh, without getting too much more into to why it is this way in Genesis, that would probably be for another time, but um, I think this is such a great example of what happens in the human soul, of what becomes the condition, the experience of a human soul and heart when it is disconnected or not in fellowship with God. And I'll just apply this to myself because I know this is the case for me. Um, And I can, I can reach back as early as yesterday for myself. When I was in a place where my mind, my heart weren't connected to God by faith, I wasn't really knowing him. I was, I was kind of in a place of my own understanding with different fears and anxieties. And what it produced within me was just formlessness and void. It's just empty. There, there, there's no peace. When, I, when I'm disconnected from faith in God, I don't have peace. I don't have, I don't have order inside of myself. And what that results in is disorder around me in my relationships, uh, in, in the work I'm doing. Like I can't, I can't really even focus on work, and I can't really be productive um, like I am when I'm in fellowship with God. And so I think this has so much application, not, not only to unbelievers, to people who aren't saved, but to, to people who are walking with the Lord, but having a bad day, um, who, are, who are, and by a bad day, I mean, they're just kind of disconnected from fellowship with God. They're not really knowing him. They're not really living by faith in his word. And what it's producing inside of them is, is kind of this experience of, of within them, their experience is formlessness, formlessness, void, and and darkness. And so, so I think that's another way of of thinking about what it means that these people are sitting in darkness, and um, they're disconnected. I think ultimately, to to be in darkness is to be disconnected from God, and to be disconnected from knowing Him in a relational way. And again, this can apply either to unbelievers who have never really known God, or it can apply to us on just a moment-by-moment basis, depending on where we are at in that day, in that moment with God. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, again, I think Genesis 1 can be viewed as a parallel of what happens in the human heart and soul when disconnected from God. Our souls become formless and void, filled with anxiety, confusion, unrighteousness, and a lack of peace. So that's, I think, a little snapshot of what what, it, what darkness is and what it produces. When we're not in fellowship with God, when our faith is not in Him, it, it produces this sort of experience. So then what is... What is light? Um, 
what does it mean that there, you know, it says the people sitting in darkness have seen a great light. What does that mean for us? So again, if you look at Genesis 1-3, God's answer, God's solution to the problem, if you want to uh, call it that, in Genesis 1-2 is, is this. It says, the earth, uh, again, verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Here's God's solution. Here, here is, this is, this is light. It says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. <clears throat> this is, I think, something that happens. This is what happens in the human soul when we come out of darkness into light. It, it's, it only happens when God speaks. If we're in darkness, when I'm in darkness, the only thing that ever brings me out of it is when God speaks to me, I hear it, and I, uh, I'm delivered, I'm lifted up out of darkness, I'm brought into light. Uh, it, me getting out of darkness is fully dependent on God because I, in and of myself, in and of ourselves, we have no light. We're not light. God is light, and there's no darkness in Him, but, but we ourselves are not light. Um, we, need a, we need a source of light to have light, and God is that only true source. So if I'm in darkness, if you're in darkness, the only way to get out of that darkness is to first call to mind there's only one source of light, and that's God himself who is the light. And so light comes here in Genesis 1. Light came and, and it, inter it intervened into this situation where the earth was without form and void. There was darkness, chaos. God's intervention was him speaking, him, him from his mouth saying something that produced a result. In the same way, if our souls are filled with darkness and chaos and unrest, a lack of peace, if, if, if sin is kind of getting the upper hand, if temptation is overwhelming us, if, if we're overcome by guilt and shame, whatever it is that, that these things, this, the fruit basically of being disconnected from the Spirit of God, what, the only thing that can bring us out of that is if God speaks or if, if, if the word of God comes. It's the word of God that is light, that brings light into the darkness um, inside of ourselves. And so uh, Psalm 119, 130, it says, the entrance of your word gives light. So God's word the, 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 the prerequisite for light to enter into a dark situation that we're experiencing is God's word. It's the entrance, God's word entering into a situation or a circumstance. It's his word, his promises, his truth that he's communicated. Um, that is what gives light and brings light into our darkness. Um, so I mentioned, and I've been talking about God's word, God's speaking. I'm not talking about necessarily a uh, you audibly hearing the voice of God. I'm not saying that cannot happen, but what I'm saying is I think God is communicating and speaking to us in so many ways. Um, I think he does that through the Bible, through scriptures. I think he, um, there's just certain times where I'm in darkness in my soul and I just feel compelled. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of either a specific verse, a lot of times a Psalm, or I'm compelled to just pick up 
the Bible and open to something um, that I know has something to say to me. And, and um, there's times when I'm in those situations where it's it's what what is written in this this book is it, it becomes something more than just words, where it's actually it's living and active, like Hebrews four says that God's word is living and active. And so I think God speaks in that way. I think he, he speaks in, in so many different ways. Uh, um, but I think it's, it's we, we can choose to listen or we can choose to, to ignore that and try to handle things on our own. But it's God's word coming in that brings light into the darkness of our situations. And, and when our souls are in, in this Genesis 1-2 uh, one, uh, one, condition, it's, it's, it's the entrance of God's word that will bring light. It's God's communication. Um, so when we are living by our own human thoughts, wisdom and understanding, and we're disconnected from the knowledge of God, there is, uh, this is to be in darkness. So it's, it's God's word, God's communication that brings a true knowledge of him. When we're disconnected from God, it, this again, this goes clear back to Genesis. Adam and Eve gave into temptation. They gave into a lie, and it changed it, the atmosphere of their minds. It changed, it changed their perception of God. Their perception of reality was changed. This is exactly what happens to us Our, when we... When, when Whatever it is, whether it's the attack of Satan, whether it's our own weakness in human flesh, whether it's the world around us, things come that are communicating certain messages to us. Just like Adam and Eve had a message communicated to them. Is, did God really say? Is God really faithful? Is he really good? Um, and so we, we receive these messages. If we receive them rather than resist them, um, holding up the shield of faith, and I think what happens is it changes the atmosphere of our minds. It changes and corrupts the way we think, the way we perceive who God is, what reality is, and who we are even. And so um, it's this knowledge of God that we lose, I think. I think when in those moments, what's really one of the core things, maybe the core thing that is being lost, that we're being disconnected from, is this intimate uh, uh uh, knowledge, this true knowing of who God is, that he's faithful and good, that simple knowledge that we, w- that we have and that we experience when we're in a place of childlike faith and trust in him, that results in the fruit of peace and righteousness and goodness, freedom, all, fill in the blank there. When we become disconnected from that knowledge, um, we, we lose all that. And I think that knowledge is light. That knowledge itself is the light of God, it's one way of thinking about <clears throat> what what happens when God speaks, what what His Word, His promises, when we hear them and we receive them, what they accomplish is that they're giving to us a a knowledge of God, a renewed perspective on who God is and on reality around us. Um, so. So again, when we're living by our own human thoughts, wisdom and understanding, disconnected from the knowledge of God, this is to be in darkness. Uh, being that God is the source of all true peace, goodness, life, and righteousness, to be disconnected from a knowledge of him will, will result in a lack of all of these things and the experience of them. It will result in our souls being in a Genesis 1-2 condition of formless, void, and darkness, or Again, an Isaiah 9-2 condition of being those kind of people who are sitting in darkness. Um, light, as the Bible describes it, is when, 
<coughs> excuse me, light as the Bible describes it is when God brings a knowledge of himself where before there wasn't one. Light is when God illuminates the darkness of our own thoughts and understanding with his thoughts and understanding. So this, this makes me think of Isaiah 55, where it talks about how God's ways are higher than ours, his thoughts are higher than, are higher than ours. We as human beings are capable of living out from our own thoughts and our own understanding. We can, we can either be rooted in the understanding of God and the knowledge of him, or we can be leaning on our own understanding and processing re- our own reality, uh, perceiving our own reality through our own wisdom, our own intellect, our own understanding. Um, so uh, light, I think, again, this concept of light is when when we are those people sitting in darkness because we are living out from our own understanding, our own perception of reality, and God illuminates that, the darkness of our understanding or our lack of. Uh, he illuminates that with his thoughts and his understanding. God's thoughts, the, the, the very thoughts of God, the very knowledge of God themself, itself, it, it, it is light. Uh, uh, and there's no darkness within the knowledge of God. It's pure, God is pure light. Um, I think it's Peter that talks about how God, uh, he dwells in unapproachable light. That's somewhere somewhere in the Bible, I don't know where. But uh, the knowledge of God itself is, it's pure light. Um, and so this is something that we experience with God, uh, not just when we get saved, but every day as we look to him to renew our minds for the day with his truth. So light, God's light is something we need to shine into our lives every day, every morning. I need God's light to shine into uh, my day, into my mind, into my thinking, so that I am perceiving reality through uh, through the knowledge of who he is, rather than than tr- than perceiving reality through my own understanding, the the latter way is going to result in a day filled with again I think this Genesis one two experience of of disorder, no peace really, and and, uh, and and God's way results in peace and life. So, Second Corinthians uh, four six. Um, this, I think, kind of just sums, sums this up, and I'll try to wrap this up here. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So here, this this is kind of putting scripture to some of the things I'm, I've just said, so you know I'm not just making it up. Here, Paul is specifically saying that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So in this passage, what, what is the light that, that Paul's talking about? Well, the light is the knowledge itself. It's this knowing, that this, this revelation, this understanding of the glory of God. So it's understanding light is us getting a knowledge of God's glory, his goodness, his faithfulness, his trustworthiness, that he is perfect in all he does and he is worthy of our full surrender and trust. The knowledge of that itself is light, but he says the knowledge of of the glory of God, where is it found? It's found in the face of Jesus Christ. 
so light is the knowledge of God, not just the knowledge of God, but the knowledge of his glory. And that knowledge comes, we get that, we receive that, we gain it through looking at seeing the face of Jesus. So Jesus, um, Jesus is the word, right? John, uh, John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus is the, the logos. He is the, the full and perfect, mo- the most full, the most perfect, the most clear communication from God to us of who God is and what he's like. Jesus is the communication. That's another way I think you could say the Jesus is the word means Jesus is what God has spoken, what God has said to mankind. Mankind who all of us are at different times in different ways in darkness. Um, again, whether believers or unbelievers, this applies to all of us. <clears throat> and, and we've already seen that to get out of darkness, it's God's word that must come. The, the entrance, Psalm 119, the entrance of your word gives light. And, and what does God wor- God's word accomplish? Well, within God's word is contained the knowledge of God. God speaks his word to communicate things about himself and, and who he is. And so it's God's word that brings light, the light that brings the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And, and we know that Jesus Christ is the word of God. There's, there's just so many, I just think there's so many neat connections here where we, we're seeing that it's the face of Jesus Christ. It's Christ himself understanding who he is, looking at his life, looking at how he treated people, looking at how he responded to sinners with grace and mercy and patience, looking at his self-sacrificial love for people, giving up his own life for us. <clears throat> it's observing that. It's observing Christ and, and seeing who he is, that that itself is um, God's word, that the person of Jesus is the word of God, what he's communicated about himself. And so, um, again, God's most clear and full communication to mankind of who he is and what he is like, um, that is Jesus. So with that, we remember, too, that Jesus is the light. So God's word brings light, and Jesus is the light. So it's when God's word, hopefully this, this isn't getting too confusing. I just think there's so many neat connections. When um, when the knowledge of God comes through Jesus, that itself is light shining into our situation. And um, so I want to look really quick on the, the effect of God's word on the human heart and soul. I think Hebrews 4.12 is a another place that uh, connects with all this really well. So again, keeping in mind that Jesus is the word and it's God's word that brings light. Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So this, this immediately brings me back to thinking about Genesis 1, what we already saw. So think, think, think again about what he's, he just said here. He says, the word of God is living and active. And what God's word accomplishes inside of us, what God's word does within, within a human being, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow. 
discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So when God's word comes, it's light that within the human soul, what it accomplishes, God, what God's communication to us does when we receive it by faith, it divides within us between soul and spirit. Uh, again, this, this concept of soul and spirit um, is something I want to get into more in the future. But to put it simply now, I think oh, a simple way of thinking about this is, is the soul is basically here can, can, is kind of representative of our own understanding, of, of the person who's leaning on his own understanding, our own thoughts that ultimately will lead to anxiety, sinful behavior, uh, fear, shame, guilt. To, to, to be operating in our soul is to be operating in these ways. Um, but the spirit is the inner man. I think what Paul talks about over and over in, in, uh, in, throughout the New Testament, the inner man, that part of us that God has made new, the, the place where God dwells within us. The, the word of God comes as light. And in the same way that in Genesis 1, God spoke and God's word, what it did is it produced light that brought a division. It said God separated the light from the darkness. <clears throat> and I think this is exactly what happens within us when we receive God's word. God's, what God's word ultimately is, 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 I think, aimed to produce what God wants to produce by putting forth his word to us is that it would produce in our hearts faith that we would hear his word and that we would embrace it by faith, that we would trust it in the midst of, of uh, opposition and in the midst of maybe it seeming to be foolish what God is communicating to us, but we receive it by faith and what that produces is a division between the light and darkness within us, the soul and spirit. It brings order. It brings peace. It brings soundness of mind. And it produces then the capability for a person to be fruitful. It realigns us when we receive God's word, his light comes and it realigns us with the reality of who God is. It realigns us with our uh, who, who we are, who we were created to be as human beings in the image of God, who are meant to go forth and, and share his image, his glorious image in the world. God's word comes and when faith is produced in that, it it um, brings that division that allows us to basically bring God's kingdom. It brings God's kingdom within us, God's kingdom of righteousness and peace, and it, it allows us to bring God's kingdom around us then. Um, so I don't know. I think those are kind of some cool uh, connections there. And I see, I see such a connection between Hebrews 4 and that division of soul and spirit that happens within us by the word and that division that happens in Genesis 1. So um, God's word enables us to respond in faith to him, which then enables us to comprehend the knowledge of who God is. So when we're in a place of unbelief and our minds are set, we're, we're just leaning on our own understanding, we're kind of resisting faith, we're kind of resisting the truth of God, um, it blocks us out from a true knowledge of God. Our minds become darkened. Um, and we become numbed out basically to a true knowledge of God, which is the source of, of any peace or, or righteousness in our life. Um, so God's word comes and it enables faith, which enables us to comprehend the knowledge of who God is. This knowledge of the glory and goodness and the love of God for us brings a separation within us of soul and spirit. 
between our own emotions and understanding and and God's understanding and the truth of who he is. So when God's word divides soul and spirit within us, it brings peace where there was chaos. It brings order where there was disorder. It brings light where there was darkness. And again, <clears throat> I think it's all this is... Um, is coming back to the fact that it's God's word alone that can bring light into the darkness of whatever situation we're in. Um, and this is something I think we can experience and we do experience on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't, I don't know what the darkness is that you might be experiencing or I might be experiencing right now, or maybe we're about to. Um, darkness is in the earth, and so we will experience it. Um, but the solution... What, what, what I hope this encourages you to do in the midst of moments or times of darkness, whatever the darkness is, uh, and, and it could be a variety of things. Uh, it could be sin that you've fallen into. It could be sin that you're struggling with, uh, you're being tempted with. It could be the shame and the guilt of, of feeling that sin. It could be the confusion in the midst uh, of of temptation and shame and guilt. It could be completely unrelated to that. It could just be fear and anxiety about things going on in your life. It could be uh, fear and anxiety about circumstances or situations or, or maybe all the, the junk going on in the world. I don't know what it is, but when you internally are in a place of darkness and you're experiencing that Genesis 1-2 sort of experience in your soul where you're noticing, my soul is not at peace. I'm not at rest. I'm anxious, I'm fearful, I'm unsettled. Um, my experience is, is I feel like darkness. When I think of God, I don't see anything good. I'm just, I just feel kind of numb to the reality of who he is. When that's your experience, what I hope this encourages you to think about is that there's one solution only. There's only one thing that's going to bring you out. There's only one thing that I think has ever brought me out and that I know will continue to bring me out of those situations. And that is when I stop and pause and I listen, I listen to what things I already know about God that I already know are true, or I go and I, I um, specifically seek out truths in, in the Bible uh, that, I, that I know will, uh, that speak into the situation I'm in. And it's God's word, it's the truth, the revelation about God, things he has spoken about himself, it's receiving those truths and embracing them by faith that itself is the light that, that illuminates and brings light into whatever uh, dark situations we're in. And again, Jesus said that he is the light of the world. He is the, he's the light that gives light to every, every man. Um, and so I think Genesis 1 uh when God says, let there be light, that the ultimate fulfillment of that was God sending Jesus into this world, God himself becoming a man and coming into this world. I think because you, I kind of look at that as the ultimate fulfillment of God saying, let there be light, is him putting forth Christ, all that he is, all that he's done. And so for me, every day, what me experiencing not just the, the the bad part of Genesis 1, the formless and the void and the darkness, that's something I think I, I might experience every day. But if I want to experience the rest of it where light comes, uh, I think ultimately that happens when, when I see 
God has set forth this person of Jesus as, as the word, as the full communication of who he is, what he thinks about me, what he thinks about my situation, my circumstances, um, the hope that I have if I, if I will trust him, um, and, and refusing the doubts and the unbelief, refusing uh, the temptation of fear or whatever else it is. It is when I receive what God has set forth, his word, what I know that God has already communicated to me and to you, the person of Jesus, that itself is God entering into my life, into my circumstances, the darkness of them, and saying, let there be light. And light comes, it divides the dark from the light, it divides soul and spirit, and it, uh, yeah, it brings peace, and it brings a a state of heart and mind that that results in me being able to be effective and fruit, a fruitful human being, and it's something that then God can look at and and He can say uh, it is good when this light comes and it, it illuminates uh, our darkness. You have been listening to The Great Light Podcast. To find more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to support this program and partner with the Ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so through our website. There you can also find both video and audio versions of this podcast.